Welcome to Peabody's. I'm your host, Elizabeth Wynn Marshall, and this is the beginning of both a new year and a new episode for the podcast. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 1. Thank you for joining us. At Peabody's, we are on a journey with you to pursue the art of noticing, noticing the everyday beauty, awe, and wonder in these ordinary days of this one extraordinary life. We believe there is joy in uncovering, discovering, and unwrapping life by noticing more, by refining the art of noticing. That means slowing our pace a little, widening our margins a little, as well as becoming better listeners, witnesses and beholders of the stories that are both being lived and crafted and written down by the storytellers, the artists, creatives, and story makers. We all have a story. We would love to hear from you, too. Would you consider taking a moment to pop in over at iTunes to leave a review of this podcast? It means the world to us to hear your feedback, and it helps others find us. We'd like to open up this community and help others join us. Thank you for that, and thank you for joining me today. Today, my guest is Michelle DeRussia. We recorded this episode in late December 2018. It was gray and misty here in South Carolina, and a balmy 70 degrees. In Lincoln, Nebraska, the temperature was a frigid 12 degrees or so, so I invited Michelle to join me for a beach walk where we would chat about her new book, True You, Letting Go of Your False Self to Discover the Person God Created. Published by Baker Books, Michelle's new book released on January 1, 2019. Of course, we weren't really walking barefooted on the beach, but we placed ourselves there in our minds so that we could walk through the pages of the book and chat and laugh in a relaxed setting for our interview. A Massachusetts native, Michelle DeRussia moved to Nebraska in 2001, where she discovered the Great Plains, grasshoppers the size of Cornish hens, and God. She's the author of four books, Spiritual Misfit, A Memoir of Uneasy Faith, 50 Women Every Christian Should Know, Katerina and Martin Luther, The Radical Marriage of a Runaway Nun and a Renegade Monk, and her latest book, which released on January 1, True You, Letting Go of Your False Self to Uncover the Person God Created. Michelle writes weekly about learning to listen to your soul at michellederusha.com as well as a monthly column for the Lincoln Journal Star. She lives with her husband and their two teenage boys and the laziest corgi beagle in the world in Lincoln, Nebraska. Follow Michelle on Instagram and Twitter at Michelle DeRussia and on Facebook at Michelle DeRussia Author. Join me now for the kickoff to season two and my interview with Michelle. True Hue's back cover words give you a lovely glimpse into the book's deeply meaningful content. Are you exhausted by the do more, be more life? Do you long to uncover your true self and your purpose in this world? Gardeners familiar with the technique called pruning open know that the secret to healthy plants and trees lies in subtracting rather than adding. Similarly, we begin to flourish as we let go of our false selves and allow God to prune us. With powerful stories and insights into the latest research, Michelle DeRussia helps you declutter your heart, mind, and soul, let go of busyness and false identities, grow in your relationships, vocation, communities, and intimacy with God. Join me now for my interview.
Michelle, welcome. Hey, Elizabeth. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have you as my guest today. This is so exciting for me because you are helping me to um, begin season two of Peabody's. This is season two, episode one, and I'm thrilled that you're here um, as you're beginning to release into the world um, True You, your new, newest book. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I didn't even realize I was going to be your first guest for 2019. So that is an honor. And just thank you so much. I love talking to you. So this is just, it's a great opportunity and it's going to be fun. Well, thank you for um, being here. And so just so the listeners know, we are recording this um what three days before the book actually releases um which i'm trying to get um everything up and and ready and running by the first week of of january so when listeners are listening to this it will be 2019 but because of the way podcasts work we're recording this a couple days before your book release so i know you're super excited you actually release on jan 1 don't you yeah january 1st so it's just a few days away we're gearing up and it's been pretty busy since the holiday, since Christmas passed. All of a sudden, it's just, okay, we're getting real over here now. <laughs> well, um, I would love for you to talk a little bit about how True You came to be. Um, and uh, as an aside, um, it, it, I have to, to, to reveal this, that when you sit with a book, like true you which deals with silence and solitude and stillness and slowness as themes it leaves one feeling a little um silent and and still so um i feel like the effects of this book are fresh in um, in my soul because i've been sitting with the book and michelle it's a a beautiful book of your heart i just thank you so much for writing and it's going to be such a gift to the world um and i cannot wait for it to get to be read widely and to um, be received into the world um, in this new year. So um, anyway, it's just a beautiful, beautiful um, book and it's so authentic. I just, um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to have you here to talk about it with me. Um, but I would love for you to share a little bit about how you went from the seat of the idea um, to um, a book that's over 200 pages and it's so well developed, but I'm gonna let you just tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, well, first, let me just thank you for those very, very kind words. That means a lot to me, uh, especially coming from you, for one, who I know is a widely read person. So I respect your uh, your interests and the depth of your reading, but also because you're an early reader. So it means a lot to me to hear this early feedback because you just don't know, you know, as a writer and an author you write a book which comes from your heart and from where the holy spirit is leading you and you just hope and pray that it's going to resonate with people outside of yourself so it really means a lot to me that it seems to have done that with you so thank you mm. so let me let me start with a story goes back a couple years actually this I think the genesis for this book really was born in a Japanese garden in Portland, Oregon, which I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. So we were on a family trip 
It was our last day uh, in the Pacific Northwest, and we visited this Japanese garden in Portland, Oregon. And when I stepped into this garden, the first thing that I noticed was this feeling of openness and spaciousness and peace and serenity. And our tour guide, when she took us around, she stopped at a particular tree. It was a Japanese maple tree, an older tree, so it was fully grown, mature tree. And she explained to us this concept that she called open pruning or open center pruning. And it's a way a Japanese garden removes all the extraneous leaves, branches, twigs, even whole limbs on a tree in order to reveal what our tour guide called its essential nature. And what it does is it creates this sort of elegant structural element of the tree where it's almost like you can just see the essence, the, the heart, so to speak, of the tree. And I mean, this tree was just stunningly beautiful. It was, I mean, we were just all completely in awe. And I'm not a gardener, so it's not like I was in my element, but there was something about this garden and something about this tree that just really went straight to my heart and soul. And I know, so I thought about what our tour guide had told us about this pruning technique that Japanese gardeners used. And I just it seemed, the more I thought about it, that it became a metaphor for our spiritual journey in terms of what we hold on to, sort of the our own metaphorical extraneous branches and leaves so that the things that we do and use to camouflage ourselves from the world or in order to sort of self-protect or hide from. I mean, there's lots of different reasons. Um, but, uh, and, and why God is asking us to trust him and to come alongside as he helps to, re helps us remove, to prune away these extraneous branches in our own lives to reveal our true selves, just like the essence of that Japanese maple tree was revealed. We also have a true self been hidden, just covered up by layers and layers of, could be physical stuff like material desires, and it could be um, sort of, you know, metaphorical stuff. And so I just started thinking about that and I wrote a blog post about it, this concept of open center pruning and it, I, it wouldn't let me go. And so <laughs> over time it became a book. <laughs> oh, I, well, I can understand that. I, it is a, such a powerful metaphor and you use it so effectively. And for me, um, it helped me to have this concrete image while I was reading, it grounded me and it rooted me in the story and in your teachings and in your journey. So 
I've, I can't think of when I've seen a metaphor used so effectively. So you did just a beautiful job of continuing that from that um, excerpt that you just referenced in the Japanese um, garden in Portland all the way through to the end. So I, I love that that stays with the reader um, so effectively. It's beautiful. Um, as a lover of metaphor, I just um, found this one to be really effective. So what a beautiful job, Michelle. Thank you. for. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it was funny. So like I said, I didn't know anything about Japanese gardening, but the more I researched it, it just fits so well. There's so many layers to it and so many uh, just images that worked so well all throughout this book. So it was luck or, you know, divine intervention or whatever, I'm not sure, but you know, it really, it started with the pruning metaphor, but there were just so many aspects of gardening and particularly this Japanese gardening that worked through and were threaded through the whole book. And so I was delighted to discover that myself. Um, well, I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's one of, it's not a fair question to ask because it feels like which, which is your favorite child? Of course, no mother will ever reveal that. So even I don't want to say my favorite part, but I, I have to say that one part that I absolutely um, could not let go of that really stayed with me um, is on page 200. And um, I love this on page 200 where um, it reads, in true community, we are windows constantly offering each other new views on the mystery of God's presence in our lives. Henry Nowen wrote, sometimes we need a window through which to glimpse truth and beauty. Sometimes we need a window through which to glimpse our own belovedness. And this is in the context of the chapter entitled Water, Wood, Air, and Stone. And you talk about community. And um, the subtitle is We Are Better Together. And this comes after such rich, rich um, writing up to this point because I'm jumping well ahead into chapter 10. But I, I love that um, you deal with community as well as self, as well as our relationship with God. You really hit on so many different deep spiritual um, truths. And I love that you end up in the end on community because for one reason selfishly that's how i know you is through community <laughs> so it comes back to you 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 deal with that so effectively with the title being true you but then how we are wired and meant to be in community with one another and i just found that that chapter was so so beautiful we can um your stories about logan and how we um can point each other to god's love and and how he and through community so but i would love to ask you to share with us maybe a page or a, um, a portion that you found particularly powerful in the writing of the book i do love that chapter the one that you just <laughs> referenced um and i love it because i got to write about uh this family that we became friends with here in Lincoln. They're from Iraq. They came to Nebraska as refugees. They're a Yazidi family. And I, I mean, God just works in such unexpected ways. And, and that was such unfamiliar territory for me to come into relationship and community with people 
from a different culture, who spoke a different language, who had different customs, who practiced a different religion. And you sort of assume, well, gosh, what ground is there to stand on here? You know, are we going to be able to do this thing? Are we going to be able to be in relationship and have any commonality? And then you just realize, oh, my word, you know, God is just (laughs) so magnificent and so able to bring people together in common humanity and in love and in friendship and community. It's just beautiful how he works with such outwardly different people. You know what I mean? So, um, well, and I love that though. I love that where we, where you take us from the beginning up to that point where you have the conviction um, of the heart to, um, sponsor this family it's such a beautiful journey i don't want to give away too much and i am jumping ahead but um you're so vulnerable in your storytelling and you're so honest and authentic and you you are um, share so much um in a beautiful memoirish way that um leads to that that's that's something that comes later in your story but um it's such a beautiful part of the book your relationship with the um, Iraqi family and um, yeah so excuse me for interrupting I just wanted to interject that <laughs> oh that's okay that's okay I'm trying to think of a, a little section that I can read that um, I don't know that won't be that won't read weirdly with you know being <laughs> out of context here but I mean I'm almost wondering if I should just read a little bit from the introduction. Yeah, um, lovely. That'd be great. Yeah, I mean, I'll just start from the beginning, right? So Perfect. I'll read a couple of paragraphs because this is where it starts. It's, um, the introduction is called A Tale of Two Trees. And just for a little context, you know, I already talked a little bit about this Japanese maple tree, um, but another important tree that sort of threaded throughout this story is the oak tree and so this explains why oak trees are always the last to lose their leaves and i never noticed this phenomenon until i began a daily practice of sitting still it all began on a whim one sunday november afternoon while i was walking my dog i decided to stop and sit on a park bench the bench a simple dark green metal lattice seat was new It had appeared at the edge of the walking path earlier that summer, fastened onto a freshly poured slab of concrete, a bronze memorial plaque fixed beneath it. The spot overlooked a small ravine, a couple of oak trees, a scotch pine, and a trickling creek. In the summer, the grassy hillside is speckled with black-eyed Susans, purple coneflower, and Queen Anne's lace. But by the time I sat on the park bench in late autumn, The wildflowers had died off. All that remained were patches of crisp, tall grass, wind-blown stalks, and a dry stream bed. I'll just continue a little bit more. As I rested there for a few minutes with Josie, who's my dog, sprawled at my feet, I decided I would make this this bench sitting part of my daily routine. I vowed I would stop at that same spot along our walking route every day and I would sit for five minutes. I would sit in silence, I determined, without music or a podcast in my ears, without dialing my mother or texting my sister, without snapping photos with my camera phone or scrolling through Instagram or Facebook. I would simply sit in silence for five minutes. 
I figured it would be good for me to take a tiny breather in each hectic day. And so that is how this, what became this daily practice of five minutes of sitting in silence and solitude every day while I was walking my dog Josie on this same little walking path that we traveled. And it turned out that that became a practice that was really integral into not only writing this book, but also sort of getting in touch with my true self and recognizing and noticing and figuring out how to sort of dismantle this scaffolding of false uh, false selves or these extraneous branches and leaves, so to speak, that didn't really belong to me and to my life. Mm. It's so, um, we talked earlier um, a little bit um, about the timing of the release of the book, and I think it's such a beautiful book to begin a year with, um, a calendar year or really any fresh new beginning. Um, it's gray outside here today, and it's very it's very December, January looking, and um, I have spent a lot of time with the book actually today, and I, I really am going to recommend it highly to people, but I, I also think it's beautifully timed in its release. So kudos to Baker and to the decision makers because um, there is so much in it about fresh starts and about um, making changes and beginning again. And um, this this image of letting go and decluttering and things that we tend to do this time of year. So I feel like it's so beautifully aligned with maybe the church calendar and with the actual calendar (laughs) that we live by. Yeah, I I actually feel that way too. At first, when I heard from my publisher that they were planning a January 1st release, I thought, are you kidding? Like that is not a great day. It's an actual holiday, right? I mean, why are we releasing this book on a holiday? But the more I have thought about this book and sort of how to position it for a release into the world, it really is well aligned with the fresh start and the new beginning that we often think of in January. So turns out I'm pleased with the timing. But initially, I actually said to my publisher, please, can we come up with a different date? You know, like that is not going to work for me. But oh, well, it is going to work for me. (laughs) Oh, I think it works so, so beautifully. And one of the things I feel like, um, I love the way the book is structured. I love the way it progresses in terms of storytelling. And it almost feels like it could be a devotional. Um, It it covers, uh, you cover so much territory for the reader. The reader is in for a big surprise because um, the title, True You, um, Letting Go of Your False Self to Uncover the Person God Created, is a beautiful title. The cover is beautiful, but there's so much when you get in um, to the sub-themes of slowness and silence and solitude and stillness and release and letting go and um, reconnecting with God. And there's so much to be discovered um, as you get into the chapter. So I can't wait for readers to get into the book and to find out exactly what you have done with your storytelling and with your um your honest um sharing of your own journey and how you arrived um to be a changed person and a person on a journey in your relationship to god it's michelle it's just beautiful um i love your writing style i love your authenticity 
Um, I love the research you've done. I will tell you the research is rich and readers are in for a, a big treat in terms of where you take them. Um, and um, some of my favorite writers are referenced to Richard Rohr, um, Brennan Manning. <laughs> you, um, it, it's quite a treat to go back and look at your footnotes and see some of your um you can speak to that a minute if you'd like to. You, uh, some of my favorite writers are referenced to your stories of Mother Teresa's life. Um, just a rich, rich work of the heart, Michelle. And uh, thank you so much for, for writing this for us, for the world. I'm glad it's in the world. And it's getting ready to have its birthday next week, <laughs> January 1. Yeah, well, thank you. And, you know, I think you're right. From what I've heard from early readers, um, some of the people who are participating on launch team helping to spread the word and get the book out into the world it is a book that is probably best read contemplatively and reflectively the early readers are telling me they're reading it very slowly one chapter at a time the chapters are pretty short there's some questions following each chapter that can help a reader digest personally his or her uh, you know, own journey and where they are on this journey. And, and so, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's a book to be read slowly. And it was a book that was written slowly, actually. I mean, there was, it was not a quick write. And, and that was different for me. I'm usually a pretty fast writer. And at first I, I struggled because I thought, oh my gosh, you know, a book that's this hard to write is, that's got to be a bad sign, right? <laughs> but I think, I don't know. I, I just think I had to do a lot of internal work myself, process through that in order to then translate it into material that will be applicable to a broader audience, you know, obviously beyond myself. So it was a slow process. Well, it, the richness is evidenced um, by, I'm glad to have you affirm that because it, it reads so richly. There's, uh, it couldn't possibly have been written quickly because it, it has the depth and breadth of something that took time. And so I'm glad you're affirming that because to me it reads that way. Um, yeah, and I think the, the, the cold um, days of January and February and March are good days to sit with the book, but I think anytime's a good day to sit with it but again to Baker I think it was wise to have this um, January release because it, I think it dovetails what people um, it's this is a contemplative time in the Christian life I think we're starting um, um, as we begin freshly and um, we hopefully we're decluttering our our houses our minds and our souls and our deaths I'm looking at mine I've got a little more work to do <laughs> to get mine ready for January but um, I do want people if they're not familiar with your other writing would you share a little bit about your um, website and where you are on social media and I would love for you to um given a short reference to the other books this is is this your fourth book you published yeah. um or fifth fourth? yes so take a minute and share if you would share those things with readers and i'll also put them in the show notes well thanks for that opportunity definitely uh i write at michelle so i have a blog there and website and i'm also on instagram and facebook at michelle also on Twitter, but I don't spend quite as much time there. 
And I, I do love Instagram because I love to take pictures. So that's probably my favorite social media channel. And then previous to True You, I have written three additional books. My first was a pure memoir called Spiritual Misfit. And then my second two were more biographical. Uh, one was a book a compilation of 50 short biographies. Uh, it's called 50 Women Every Christian Should Know. And then most recently, I wrote a biography about the marriage of Martin and Katerina Luther, which came out uh, right around, it was last year, right around the uh, 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation. So it's been a little bit of a meandering journey, telling my own story, telling other people's stories, and that's kind of fun. <laughs> well, thank you for, um, for, for, this particular work um and thank you for all of your all of, all of your work you have such a um rich body of work and um thank you for your storytelling on instagram um that's one of the ways although we've met at a couple of conferences or events we've met up in person just so people know we do know one another i was thinking the other day i think i've known you since 2013 which to me is a lifetime i think i first met you i don't think you remember that but i met you to live <laughs> and, and you were a star in my eyes then but anyway and we met again last year so um one of the ways that um i feel like i i grow to know you better every day is through your storytelling and your micro blogging on instagram so i highly recommend people follow you there you are a beautiful and gifted photographer um as well as a gifted writer and I um so ha this was our little walk on the beach um so so listeners will know I told Michelle when she came on the podcast that we would just pretend like we were walking on the beach so in South Carolina today it's 70 so we just took a um a metaphorical <laughs> beach walk and, and had a long conversation and we're so glad that everybody was here to listen in and know about the book so um, I'm going to release Michelle back to her snowy um, home and <laughs> tell her thank you once again <laughs> for coming on and being um, the anchor for season two um, episode one You're so, it's such an honor to have you and to have you this close to your release day as busy as you are so um happy new year and um god's richest blessing on you you in the new year and buckets of gratitude to you for taking the time today to be with me thank you this metaphorical walk on the beach has been lovely especially because it is 18 degrees here in nebraska so i'd much rather be on the beach and it's been so fun to talk to you and you've been so gracious about true you and i'm just so glad to know you i do not recall that we had met at a loop <laughs> we met tandem. did you come to jumping tandem in in nebraska no, I wish I had. That's if I could do a do-over, I would go back and do that. Um, yeah. I, have, I have major FOMO that I wasn't there. <laughs> Obviously, I have it in my head that we had known each other prior to just this year. But I would have said jumping tandem and not loom. So there you go. But jumping <laughs> just kind of pulled together a little bit. But obviously, I do remember 
meeting and chatting with you uh, at Festival, Festival of Faith and Writing. Yes. And we yeah. swim in the same pond, as they say, or the same body of water. So um, there's that metaphor as well. But um, anyway, thank you for being in community with me. It's always a pleasure to to share um, this writing community um, space with you. And thank you for being my guest today. And I will look forward to um following your journey with true you and um god's richest blessing on your book release oh thank you thanks elizabeth it's been a delight to be here and i appreciate you thank you and you're um, a gift to me as well so um i will look forward to um visiting you um on instagram and boxer and all the places that you and i stay in touch and happy new year thank you happy new year bye It is wonderful to be back here recording episode one of season two after a brief respite between seasons one and two. If you are like me, you have been about the annual task of both celebrating the holidays and transitioning into a new year. For me, that has translated into copious amounts of family and friend time, as well as a good deal of reflecting back on last year on its gifts and its lessons, its adventures, joys, triumphs, and sadnesses. At Peabody's, we are filled with hope and excitement about an exciting new season of beach walking with you as I interview guests, as well as some days go it alone here, as I journey with you, as we become more intentional about noticing the beauty of these hope-filled days of 2019. I want to leave you with these beautiful words from Michelle DeRouche's new book, from the chapter entitled Beneath the Canopy. I am rather desperately at times attempting to retrain my own brain while I try to help Rowan cement positive neural pathways in his. Be aware of the present moment, the experience that's happening right now, I whispered to my son the night we lay side by side in his twin bed. Live the now instead of the what's next, and you'll live more slowly and more fully.